AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Two to shoot, gotta go. Thompson, Draymond Green puts it up and into the shot clock. Draymond Green sticks a mid range jumper. Chris Paul down the lane for a two point game. Paul working on the rookie Daniel. Paul with a mid range pull up, got it. Ties it in 117 with 2.8 remaining. Craycraft on the move. Thompson's got the ball. Here they come, and there he goes with a wobbly pass. It's picked off! And that's the first interception by Gardner. He put in good work all day. Rodgers on the run. Puff fake. Frees him to the end zone for another Packer touchdown. And has been all the Padres' offense tonight. Walker's got it. Zach Gallen, seven scoreless. The scoreless inning streak continues. Average 25% whiff rate is still above Major League average, but the fact that he has a 42% whiff rate today, it just shows you how outstanding his stuff is. And he adds to it with a swing and a miss by J.J. Blade for strike three. Make it 11 strikeouts for Taj. And the latest on a high fastball. 97, so his velocity is holding. Dame challenged by Murray. Above the break. Survey sees two, takes the three. Got it! Damian Lillard knocks down the triple with eight and eight, ten seconds remaining. Westberg, the 1-0. Westberg rolls it to third base. De La Cruz has it to second for one. Relay back to first. Too late. And a run scores. And another run behind. And Westberg has his first Major League RBI. Two runs are plated after a bad throw from second base. 4-1 to one Baltimore. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Tuesday, June 27th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7, the Warriors, are they still legit contenders? And does Chris Paul fit? Meanwhile, the Jets, will you be satisfied and enthused, actually? Enthused is the right word here. Will you be enthused if they are the training camp slash preseason hard knocks team? Devils, uh, Devil Rays, I guess they're just the Rays now, right? Versus the Diamondbacks, who wins the three-game series? Damian Lillard, is it time for him to leave Portland? The Orioles, how good are they? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. At moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15, we'll have a Warriors update. We'll cover the Chris Paul situation. Does he fit? Draymond, does he stay? We'll cover that and lots more with John Cannon, former local radio legend here in Phoenix. 9.30, interactive action at 6.02. 
260, 10.60, and also the local roundup. That included Diamondbacks and Rays Series Preview. Then the final segment will be the National Roundup, top by from the scoreboard from Major League Baseball. Limited schedule last night, but a couple things stood out, even with the limited schedule. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, are the Warriors still NBA championship contenders? And Corey is here on this Tuesday and has the early returns. Leading right now is yes, 83% of the vote there. No, it's 17% on KDUS1060.com. The Warriors, according to some of these so-called league insiders, will sign Draymond Green to a long-term contract. Of course, he opted out for free agency last week. And, of course, the Warriors last week traded for Chris Paul, who it appears will come off the bench. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, are you enthused if the Jets are the 2023 Hard Knocks training camp slash preseason team? And, Corey, what do we have here? Leading right now is no, 72.2% of the vote there. Yes, at 27.8% on KDUSAM1060 on Twitter. This is another one of those times where you'd like to just not have a poll question thing and you'd just like to ask, okay, so if not the Jets, who would you be enthused by with hard knocks? Various reports in the, in the last 24 hours indicate the Jets are likely to be this season's team, even though... It is believed that the organization and Aaron Rodgers, we know Aaron Rodgers is not enthused, and it's also thought that the organization's not all that enthused with the idea, but it looks like they're going to be the team. At least that's the early speculation, and Hard Knocks starts in about five weeks, so get to it, folks. I want to know who's on. Best five, you know, I'd love what, I've watched every episode of Hard Knocks over the years, the preseason haven't watched the end season except for the Cardinals last year when I was obligated to do so, which is unfortunate because I saw enough of the Cardinals without hard knocks last year. Meanwhile, on the, on, back on the local front we go. The first place Diamondbacks and the first place Rays begin a three-game series tonight in Phoenix. The 1998 expansion partners have entertaining offenses, but suspect pitching for different reasons. The Diamondbacks lack depth. The Rays have been depleted because of injuries, plural, on the injury thing. They've had multiple injuries. Who wins the Diamondbacks-Rays three-game series, which starts tonight at Chase Field? Meanwhile, Spain, the Globe, the Blazers, and Damian Lillard part whatever. Uh, the Blazers say they plan to keep Lillard, uh, despite almost daily talk that he might be traded with the Heat most mentioned as a team where he might wind up. Is it time for Damian Lillard and the Blazers to part ways? Meanwhile, the young Orioles got younger on Monday. Jordan Westbrook, one of their top prospects, made his Major League debut. He collected his first hit in the rain delay victory last night against the Reds. How good are the now 48-29 and 29 Baltimore Orioles? Maybe that's just answering the question by saying 48-29. and 29. But how good are they long-term this year? This year. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, it's the pipeline for today. We have all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category? 
So whether it is from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That will be followed by a Warriors update, including can they still win the NBA? Are they still NBA championship contenders? Let's put it that way. And does Chris Paul, uh, does he fit? And we'll cover those things and much more with uh, local, former local radio host and legend John Cannon. So stay tuned for that. Once again, bottom of the hour to be phone call time, general discussion, 602 260 1060 plus the local roundup top by where uh, we'll have a little Diamondbacks uh, preview and also time pending where do the Diamondbacks stack up in this week's MLB power rankings you're listening to sports though with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM AM 1060 and Castle Lux HD 2 100.7 Turn those picks into gold. Wall-to-wall NFL coverage and the biggest stories coming to you from 3 to 5 p.m. The Rich Eisen Show here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Cap on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. Are the Warriors still championship contenders? And is Chris Paul a good fit? Out to the KDUS hotline we go for Warriors talk. And I'm sure we'll get to some other NBA items and more. We're now joined in the sports zone by the Phoenix radio talk show legend, host, etc., John Cannon. And John, always good to have you on show. Let's start with Draymond. He opted out. He's a free agent. Do you think he'll sign a long-term deal to stay with uh, the organization? Yes, I don't think that Chris Paul would have agreed to come to the Warriors, which I'm sure he did. There's no way they traded for him without his agreement that he wanted to come uh, if Draymond was not coming back. Okay, so why do you think Green is a you know a good fit to come back? Which is maybe a well, ridiculously uh, obvious question, and, but um, <laughs> he and Steph Curry uh, make each other better, and it's I mean it's crazy because Steph Curry is a great player and would be he'd still be a great player without Draymond Green, but. I think that um, Draymond unlocks a piece of, of what Steph does, um, and I don't think Steph's interested in not having that. And I think Steph has a lot of say in the organization. That's not changing with the GM change. So I think, um, you know, Kerr's made clear. He doesn't think that the Warriors are championship contenders without Draymond Green, and I think Steph Curry would agree. So would most of the people who have watched the team for the last 10 years. So uh, I don't think they're going to, uh, let him get you know get swooped in on. Now, will he have offers? Yes. And will would he have a choice to take an extra you know twenty, thirty, forty million dollars to go someplace else? Uh, he'll have that, I think. And I think he'll turn it down. I think that he he'll understand that he's going to get a, a new four year deal, which at his age is is important to him. It'll be a very good deal. He'll make a lot of money. He's already made a lot of money. 
I think the Warriors are a good uh, leapfrog thing for him for his post-career, both in television and podcasting and other things that he's doing. The Bay Area is a good place <laughs> to be for that. Yeah. So I, I don't think he'd, he'd want to leave. He may do his last year in Detroit or something just to be, you know, to do that. But I think he'll be a Warrior uh, this time around. So no concern that he might go play for Sacramento with Mike Brown? No, not really. I don't. I mean, he loves Mike Brown. Mike Brown was great, but uh, if if Steph's not going with him, I, I don't. I don't think so. And I really, as I said, I think they. And I, I you know, I'm not in the meetings, obviously, um, but I think that they would have. They were confident that he was going to stay when they made the deal and traded Jordan Poole. If he if he was going to leave, then. Jordan Poole's contract wouldn't have been as big a problem, right? I mean, Jordan right. Poole's contract was putting them into the second apron with, in combination with whatever they're going to pay Draymond next year. Okay, so and speaking of Jordan Poole, that's for sure. Okay, so I was going to get to that next uh, you know, eventually, but I'll you know, jump this ahead a little bit. Jordan Poole, uh, did he have to go? Uh to keep Draymond, or was that strictly a, a salary cap move? It, well, it was it was two things. It was a salary cap move, and it was a basketball move. I don't, it was not a Draymond Green move. It was um, – he was extremely disappointing last year. His And some of the things were weird and kind of out of his control. The, the, do you remember when the refs started calling carrying all of a sudden at the beginning of last year? Yeah. yeah. And then it, then it went away? But he was really – it turns out he carries the ball a lot. <laughs> Who knew? And and he was getting one or two of those calls a game, and they were happening in bad moments. Um, and that kind of helped get his year off to a rough start, and he just never really recovered. He, he shot 33% from three, he, he, and, he, and that's because he took bad shots. He was terrible at the end of the clock, which the Warriors have always prided themselves on, the end of the shot clock and the end of the quarters, You know, making sure they managed that. He, he was just – He'd shoot too early, take a bad shot, give up a basket on the other end. And I think they just, they tried. They tried talking to him privately. They tried talking to him through the media. They tried messing with his minutes. Nothing worked. And I think they just felt, look, it's not, at $4.9 million, it was bad enough. But at 20-something million, it, we, can't, we can't have this. It puts us in the second apron. And I'm sure you've talked about it a lot, Bob. But, man, this is, this is a different CBA. I mean, the previous CBA, if you were willing to write checks, you could still accomplish pretty much whatever you wanted. It was, there were going to be big checks. And even a Lakeb, you know, would decide, you know, I'm not going to write that check, and we and they let GP2 go. But now, if you're in that second apron, it doesn't matter how willing you are to write checks. You just can't do anything. Unless you're the Suns, maybe. And they don't, they don't seem to get that, but that's a different story for a different day. All right, speaking <laughs> okay. of the Suns. Chris Paul, does his you know so-called slow style fit with the Warriors, especially with Steph and Clay? It'll fit with the Warriors, especially when Steph is on the bench, which is what they desperately need. You know, when Sean Livingston was running the point for those championship years, you know they weren't breakneck up and down the floor when he was out there and, and Steph was on the bench, and and they've missed that, and they have not had a person who could run the second unit without turning the ball over and get shocked for people since uh, Sean Livingston retired and Andre Iguodala became, you know, ineffective. And, and, they, and last year they missed it terribly. So I think that 
that that will be the biggest thing is that I think Steve Kerr's blood, blood pressure will go down when <laughs> Steph's off the floor. When Steph's on the floor, and and I think Chris Paul will close a lot of games with those guys, and the spacing that that they give you, just like with, with Booker and Durant, you know, Chris Paul's open in the mid range all the time. And he's gonna he's gonna hurt people in the mid range. He's gonna get to the free throw line, which they desperately need. They don't they, they were one of the worst teams in the league at getting to the free throw line. So I think it is a better fit than I first thought. Look, Bob, it took a minute. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> when I first read that, because Chris Paul has personified warrior, you know, opponent, warrior enemy. You know, especially the first several years of this of this dynasty when he was with the Clippers yep. and then he was at Houston, he was the guy, he was the problem and they had to get around him. And so it took a minute to think about him in a warrior uniform. But the more I thought about it and the more I thought about not gnashing my teeth, watching Jordan Poole drive into traffic, fall down, not get the call. And then the Warriors playing four on five defense on the other end. I, I was, I was good with it. So is Paul coming off the bench for the first time in his career? I believe so. And again, I believe that they would have cleared that with him before they made this deal. He's not going to start over Clay. They're not going to start the three of them. So, yes, he is coming off the bench. Um, he will, I think he will really help Clay. I think that when, again, Steph's on the bench and Clay's out there and Chris Paul's able to, you know, to get him shots. I think it will help that, and I think it will help Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody on that second unit a lot to have a guy out there like that. That's the other thing, Bob, I think that, that hastened Jordan Poole's exit was his attitude problems were, I think the Warriors felt they were, they were affecting especially Jonathan Kaminga in a, in a negative way. They, they need team players on that bench. They've always had them. Warrior, team, Warrior bench has always been guys not worried about minutes, not worried about shots, you know, I'll go out and play defense and rebound, and you know, and Kaminga was like that his first year, but then last year suddenly he was not. He was not happy with his rotation minutes. And when uh, I'm sure you heard, you know, Steph Curry just had this big pep talk after they lost Game Six at home uh, of that King series. It was really directed at Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga, and it was all about mm. this team. You're not, you're not supposed to care about minutes, and you're not supposed to care about shots. It's all about the team. And I, I don't think they felt like they were ever going to get there with Poole, but, but maybe Kaminga was worth saving. Speaking of Kaminga, you know, you know, I first heard of him when he was in high school, and I don't even follow high school yeah, basketball that closely anymore. You know, he was you know, considered by some to be the best talent in the high school class. I've watched him play some, enough. I'm not. Is he any good? I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, the Warriors. Because sometimes they, they put him out there and they'll get this incredible few minutes of basketball. And, and other times they put him out there and, and he'll play eight minutes and not get a rebound. And he's calling us that he should, you know, a ball should come and hit him in eight minutes. So <laughs> um, it, it, is, it is really an enigma. But I think, they, as I said, they feel that he's worth saving, that that talent that's in there. Is, is worth trying to unlock, um, but they, they they weren't going to be able to do that with uh, with Jordan Poole. Uh, you know, I know we love to talk NBA. I do have a, a baseball thought for you if if you have a, a minute to entertain that. If you don't have a 
burning question. I I am. Oh, I got really plenty. Over. I got plenty of burning questions. I got plenty of burning questions. But get get in the baseball thing. Go ahead. I am. I am over human umps. I'm over it. <laughs> I am. I am ready for something. And okay. and you know that the the ninth inning of the Giants Diamondbacks game when you know the Giants go out there with a two run lead and Camilo Duvall strikes out the first guy and they call ball four uh, and when you look at the stat cast. It is directly yeah. on. It's, it's completely in the strike zone, and it's directly on top okay. of another strike. And so, here's what I think, though, Bob. I don't think it's really the umpire's fault. Pitchers are throwing nastier stuff than they've ever thrown. Late breaking, okay. harder. Okay. What if the umpire had a pitch count? What if the umpire got to know what was coming, like the catcher does? Okay, well, you're going to be happy. I'm asking you're you to be a student of the game. What do you think? I, I think so. I mean, but, you know, just, uh, you know, this is probably, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen next year because it's they tried this in the minor leagues and it's kind of been hit or miss. Uh, but I think yeah. they'll be, you'll be a happier man baseball-wise within a couple years. How's that? There's my well, answer. Well, I was thinking maybe this could be a bridge. Give the umps pitch oh, okay. as a bridge <laughs> to Robo. Give him a fighting chance. Oh, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. Yep. Yeah, I think it's possible, but but I don't think it's going to happen next year because it has been kind of a no, fiasco in some of the minor leagues this yeah. year. Yeah, the, yeah. They, they, no, they're, I, they're I trying. They're, tra- they're, they're, right. they're testing it out. All yeah. right. Yeah, back yeah, to I the Warriors we go. Okay. All right. Okay. Back to the Warriors. Uh, Mike Dunleavy replacing Bob Myers. Does this change the process, or how how does it change the process? Yeah. Well, I, it changes it because he's a different person, and Bob Myers was a spectacular person um, from by by all accounts, and his level of caring and empathy for all the players and and really everyone in the front office, the coaching staff, was was really special. Um, I don't know that yet about Mike Dunleavy, but I know he worked at Myers' right hand for, for several years. And I'll tell you, that the action the week of the draft, I didn't feel like there was a rookie at the wheel. I thought those were solid moves from the, the pool trade to the, the first draft pick and then kind of throwing in. Uh, they got a second draft pick by throwing another guy to Washington who was a draft pick from a couple of years ago that just – you know, had an injury they didn't know about and, and you know, might, might turn out, might not, but they had this other guy they really wanted that, that they had in their first-round board, and they were able to get him at, like, 57 or 58. Um, I, I think that's, that's quality stuff. So I, I, I don't think it changes the process. I think it's still Dunleavy and, I guess, uh, Kirk Lacob um, making these decisions with Joe Lacob signing him off and then, you know, Steve Kerr having some input, but Mostly, I think Steve Kerr gets, you know, he gets what he gets from a roster standpoint. I think this, the, one of the successes of the Warriors, and I discussed this with Kayla when I was on with her, is those guys all stay in their lane. You know, Lakeup, though he's blustery and everything else, he lets the general manager do his thing. And the general manager lets the coach do his thing, and the coach lets the players do their thing, was led by Steph Curry, and, you know, it, and it's mostly worked out. Steve Kerr, U uh, of A alum, former Suns player, former Suns general manager, Warriors coach for roughly a decade now. Is he in this for the really long haul as far as the Warriors head coach? 
Well, I, I know I, I can't imagine him leaving. I really can't imagine him leaving. And what would he go do? Go broadcast again? This is what mm-hmm. he wanted to do the he, whole time. He was, he was, he was good. Oh yeah. yeah, he was good. No, don't get me wrong. Yeah. He was good, and, yeah. he, and he knows he was good. But the whole <laughs> time he was broadcasting, he was keeping a notebook of out of bounds plays that he saw, <laughs> yeah. and you know, so. This is what he what he missed while broadcasting, and there, there's a great book on him um, written by Scott Howard Cooper um, of the LA Times, and and he talks about what he missed while he was broadcasting was he missed winning and losing. He didn't like going back to the hotel after a game and not having that feeling of having won or lost. And I don't think he'd he'd be in a hurry to get back to that. I think that he is um, he's, he's not an old guy. His he's physically better he went through some terrible physical times uh, a few years ago with his back but mm. he's he's better I, I do think that this is he's, he's on his last year of the contract but i think he'll he'll certainly do another five years and then um and then see what happens after that he doesn't have interest outside of basketball but he is so intensely competitive Bob, i i know a guy who went to u of a with him and like hung with him and, and still does they're, they're they're in this group chat of all these u of a alums and they just give him hell when the team loses and <laughs> plays poorly. They're all over him. Um, but he, this guy told me, he says, you know, everybody thinks Steve Kerr is all cool and, and, and you know, cool as a cucumber. But you get him over a four-foot putt that he thinks he should have made and he misses it, or he dumps the ball into the net on the tennis court when he's got a chance to put an opponent away, and he is just insane with anger about that. <laughs> He is, and, and I actually had a chance to talk to Steve about that. I met him um, when he, the last time they were in Phoenix, and I told him about this, this guy. I mentioned his name, and I said he told me the story. I said, now now that you've broken clipboards in the huddle, we're kind of the secret's out. We're, we're kind of off. We're kind of on to you now. And, and he laughed. Um, but, so I, I think he loves the competition too much to give it up. Okay, last thing, two parts here. Uh, what do the Warriors need to do this off season, and are they still championship contenders? Uh, I, I think they're on the fringe of championship contention. I, I, you know, you can't call them anything close to the team to beat. I mean, it's all got to gel, and they have to do what Bob Myers was able to do through the years, and that is to go through and find guys on minimum contracts, because even though they're they'll be off the second April next year, they still. Um, they still don't have. They, they got to stay up separately, but they can't. They can't. You know, they, they they can't sign people to a to a three year deal right now. So they have to to comb the the things and, and really do their good, do good scouting and and get guys that nobody else sees value in. And and it's going to be harder because you know before it was like, do you want to come play for a championship? Oh yeah, sign me up. I'll take a minimum salary. They don't have that now. They do still have. Do you want to play with Steph Curry? And and they have, now they have. Do you want to play with Steph Curry and Chris Paul? And you, you know now you got a team with four absolute guaranteed Hall of Famers on it, and that might be okay to recruit to a team like that. I I, yeah. I, I would do it, Bob. I don't know. And a Hall of Fame coach. There you go. And a all Hall right, of Fame coach. John. Yeah. Okay, John. Great stuff as always. Always enjoy talking to you. Thanks much. Thanks, man. Uh, Pitch for umpires. I want, I want, I want, I want to hear more <laughs> discussion about that. Okay, every, t- every time this is brought up, I will be thinking of you. <laughs> so there you go. Good. Thank you. you. That's all I need. All right. all right, John Cannon. Good stuff as always. We appreciate it, John Cannon. 
former, uh, I don't think you're a former talk show host legend after you leave a place, but yeah, he was here for a while. And I worked with John back in our Las Vegas days, and he spent time in the Bay Area, obviously, and many parts in between. All right, next segment, phone call time. General discussion, 602-260-1060, 602-260-1060. Also, uh, today's local roundup. Get to some Diamondbacks and Rays for the next uh, couple of nights here. I think the next two nights and then the uh, the Thursday matinee contest. So we'll get to all that. Don't forget we have the National Roundup coming to conclude the show today in the final segment of this hour. And uh, that will include some baseball from last night. Limited schedule, but there were a couple of things that were pretty interesting. So we'll try to point out the pretty interesting to you. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time if you want to jump aboard. This segment only today, no extra point. Kayla has the, uh, the uh, corporate obligations on Tuesday, so uh, it's just a one hour of me today. And we'll be back for a full three hours tomorrow. So if you want to get in, 602-260-1060. All right, uh, topping today's local roundup, the Diamondbacks begin a three-game home series tonight against the Rays. Expansion partners in 1998 and current first-place teams in 2023. Tampa Bay sitting at 54-27. and 27. That's obviously first in the AL East. The Diamondbacks 47-32, first in the NL West. Tampa has not been you know, spectacular on the road. They've been unbelievable at home. But they are 20 and 17 on the road. They're also 27 and 11 in games in which they did not allow a home run. So something to pay attention to tonight. I think that's a big enough sample size to kind of get an idea of how important it is for their opponents to hit a home run against them. Then again, they're playing in a ballpark where it's really hard to hit home runs, except for them when they're hitting, which they've hit an incredible amount of home runs in Tampa, St. Pete this year. Technically, St. Pete. Meanwhile, Arizona, 23-18 and 18 at home. They've been actually better on the road than at home. And then we mentioned 47-32 overall. The Diamondbacks, are, they have an on-base percentage as a team of 332, and that is third in the National League. Some top performers, Wander Franco, who has had his issues off the field and so forth. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say off the field, but as a good teammate. And we'll get into that a little more tomorrow. Wander Franco uh, Franco has 20 doubles, two triples, nine home runs, and uh, he's been really good, needless to say, when he's been not insubordinate. Uh, Cattell Marte, 13 doubles, four triples, 14 home runs, 42 runs batted in, hitting 294 for the Diamondbacks. Christian Walker, last 10 games, and really the whole month of June he's been really good, but the last 10 games he's 17 for 39 with six doubles and two homers. As far as the last 10 games, the Rays are 5-5. Five and five. They've hit 279 over that span, 289 or a run average, 
and they've outscored their opponents by just nine runs over the last 10 games. That's a big reduction from their season total. The Diamondbacks in the last 10, six and four. They've hit 276. Their earned run average, 434. Not great. They've had a couple of shockingly, you know, complete sarcasm intended there, shockingly not so good starts. They've also outscored their opponents by nine runs in the last 10 games. Scheduled pitching matchups tonight, Zach Gallen, 9-2, with a 284 run average and a 109 whip, but has 104 strikeouts in the season against Taj Bradley, 5-3 with a 386 earned run average, 120 whip and 71 strikeouts. Bradley, the top-rated pitching prospect before the season started for the Rays, Started the season in the major leagues, had some success, then had some tipping pitching issues, tipping pitches issues, got sent back to the minor leagues and has come back and been kind of hit and miss since he came back, either really good like he was last week or not so good like he was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, tomorrow to be Tommy Henry, who's 4-1 with a 430 run, 431 herd run average against Zach Eflin who has been a really tremendous addition, and considering their other starting pitching injuries, he has really helped save the rotation. Effley, 9-3 nine, nine, nine with a uh, 335 run average. Then on Thursday afternoon, depends on where you look. Uh, Zach Davies, we think, 1-4, the 782 run average against Yanni Chirinos, who's 3-3 three three with a 381 run average. The Diamondbacks could skip. Davies and go with Merrill Kelly. Kelly would actually be on his regular rest if they did that. Also, the uh, the Rays are not going to pitch Shane McClanahan in this series. They're going to move him back until at least Friday. He's 11 and one with a 2.23 earn run average, but he left his last start with some back issues. Speaking of injuries, the Rays have had quite a few of them. We mentioned McClanahan. He's considered quote day to day. Uh, Josh Fleming, starting pitcher, uh, relief pitcher, pitcher on the 60-day uh, 60-day injured list with a uh, elbow injury. Also, uh, Brandon Lau right now with this is on the 10-day injured list with a leg injury. Uh, Drew Rasmussen on the 60-day IL with a flexor uh, injury. They're not really sure. They're not saying whether he's going to pitch a game this season or again this season. Jeffrey Springs, unfortunately, is definitely not going to pitch again this season. He was tremendous to start the year, arguably the best start of any pitcher in early April in baseball. Went down with an injury. Tommy John surgery will not even be ready to start uh, next season. So he's done for the year. Shane Boz, one of their top prospects, he's had an elbow injury. He's on the 60-day injured list, I should say. So we've been talking about their pitching injuries off and on for uh, all season long, especially during the extra point when we talked about the Rays with Kayla hosting. And uh, that's the detailed summary of their pitching injuries. The Diamondbacks actually are in pretty good shape injury-wise right now. Three pitchers on the injured list, and you know Cole Seltzer and Mark Melanson, a couple of relief pitchers on the 60-day injured list. And this is you know they're just you know, that start they started the season that way. Both have shoulder issues. I don't think both. Uh, I don't think either have been ruled out for the season. But uh, see if they can contribute, and they can use some bullpen help if those guys are any good. And then Corbin Martin is out for the season. 
uh, with a lat injury, and he's on the 60-day injured list. I believe he's out for the season. Uh, I think he is. Uh, so we'll have much more on the Rays uh, tomorrow in the 9:15 segment. Mark Topkin, who has covered the Rays for many years uh, for Tampa slash St. Pete, uh, baseball writer in that area, is scheduled to join us tomorrow in the 9:15 segment. All right. So nobody in the National League West played yesterday. I'm pretty sure, at least in the, this segment, we didn't go through the National League West standings. So we will right now. Arizona 47 and 32. Uh, that's uh, two games ahead in the loss column against the uh, against the, the Giants, who are 44 and 34. The Giants, of course, have won uh, you know 12 of their last 14 games. The Giants have the best record in baseball since May the 1st. The Dodgers also with 34 losses right now. They have uh, they played one less game than uh, the Giants, so they're 43 and 34. So they're also two games back in the loss column. And then if you're still a believer in the Padres, and I can't possibly really be a believer in anybody unless they play in the Central Division of either league. Padres are not in the Central Division in the National League. So if you're not 500, I'm not going to buy that you're even a legitimate contender for anything. Uh, they are four games under. They've lost six of their last ten games after they actually had a pretty decent stretch. They lost four games last week at uh, three games of the four-game series at San Francisco. And then somehow they lost a three-game series, two out of three, at home to the Washington Nationals. And they were humiliated and embarrassed in the last game that they played in that series on Sunday. And, of course, Colorado, which is, I, I believe I heard yesterday that they've used 27 different starting pit not, not starting pitchers, 27 different pitchers this season. They're uh, last in the division, 31 and 49. And as we've said more than once, the Rockies, even if healthy, weren't going to be very good. But, you know, they've lost some really key players, uh, position players and starting pitchers to injuries. So they're even worse than anticipated, and they were probably going to finish last anyway. All right. So Matt Schneider of CBSSports.com, he joined us yesterday. He does the power rankings on Monday. We didn't really get into too much of that yesterday because we had a lot of other things to discuss with Matt. But he has uh, dropped the Rays from one to two in his power rankings for the first time in several weeks. Uh, he's moved the Braves after their uh, you know, series victory against the Reds, and the, the Rays have not done uh, as particularly they haven't done particularly well or as well of late as we mentioned. You know, with last week they. You know, they're 5-5 five and five in the last 10, as we mentioned. They've actually lost five of their last eight. They actually you know, lost a series at home last weekend to the Royals. That's not good. Uh, so he's dropped them to number two. And for the record, uh, the uh, Diamondbacks are sixth this week in the uh, CBSSports.com power rankings with Matt Schneider in charge of that. Uh, and he has the Giants. Now number five, so the Diamondbacks behind the Giants in the power rankings after the Giants won two out of three over the weekend against the Diamondbacks in the Bay Area. And as I mentioned, the Giants have the best record in baseball since May the 1st. All right, coming up next, we will have a news update with Corey. That will be followed by the conclusion of today's show with the National Roundup. That will be topped by uh, from the scoreboard from last night in Major League Baseball. And uh, time pending, we'll get to a little bit of today uh, as far as the latest line for Major League Baseball games today. Yesterday, a slim schedule, but 
Slim schedule, but there were a couple of intriguing results, so we'll get to a couple of those, at least a couple of those in the next segment. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSA AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. Final segment of today's Sports Zone is Thank You Time. You all know the song, so we'll just kind of talk over the song here. No problem. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else slipped to the cracks. Also, our guest today, we had some Warriors, um, some uh, little baseball pitch clock discussion talk, and other things with John Cannon. Uh, former uh, talk show legend here in the Valley and uh, elsewhere in the world. Uh, but uh, we went through the Warriors, including Chris Paul. Does he fit with the Warriors? Sound of the day, courtesy of TNT, Valley Sports Arizona, CBS, Fox, WDAE, the, uh, the Rays flagship in Tampa, St. Pete, NBA TV, and 98 Rock. That is the uh, That's the best... That's the best moniker for any baseball flagship station. I think that's the Orioles flagship station in Baltimore. And uh, the Maryland area, the D.C. area. Uh, also, special thanks to uh, Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. All right, some baseball from last night. Speaking of the Warriors, they battled through the rain and outlasted the Reds last night. Uh, heralded minor league prospect Jordan Westberg in his first uh, major league game. He had a hit, a walk, a run, an RBI, and then in the fifth inning, he uh, nearly started a double play. He made a tremendous play with his glove. He was playing second base last night and uh, you know, really prevented the Reds from a possible big inning there. The Warriors, uh, Warriors, excuse me, uh, I get this right, the Orioles, we talked Warriors earlier. The Orioles are 10-3. and uh, They won 10-3. They are now 48-29 in the season. The Reds dropped to 41 and 38. The Reds have now lost three in a row uh, following their 12 game winning streak, which was their longest winning streak in 66 years, which is a long time because that's uh, just turned 66 a couple of weeks ago. Meanwhile, their starting pitcher, uh, the starting, the best starting pitcher for both teams are scheduled to go tonight. Uh, Tyler Wells, six and three pitches for Baltimore, and Andrew Abbott is three and zero and has held the opponent scoreless uh, in uh, three big league starts so far and struck out 10 in his fourth, so he's been good. The Mets lost again. I don't even know why I bring this up anymore, but they're now a season-worst eight games under 500 after they lose three, uh, two to one to the Brewers last night. Uh, New York, they won, remember, they won 101 games last year. Not close to that this year. They're 53-43. and 43. Uh, 55 and no, I'll get this right. 35 and 43. I'm having a numeral problem here, uh, despite uh, being second with a major league record 355 million dollar payroll. The Mets have now lost seven out of nine. They're six and 15 after they completed the three-game sweep of Philadelphia at home on June the first. That's their most recent series victory. Shohei Otani went deep again last night. His 26th home run. The Angels, who play the Diamondbacks this upcoming weekend, and we'll have Jeff Fletcher on from the Orange County Register, who's written a book about Shohei. Uh, so we'll talk about him and the Angels, etc. Uh, but the Angels win last night 2-1 to one against the White Sox. 
Otani now, uh, you know, he was the you know, he's going to win the Player of the Month in June, I would assume. Uh, he's had an incredible month of June, especially at the plate. He has 11 homers in his last 19 games. He has 20 run runs batted in this month, and uh, he's uh, you know won a couple of games on the mound. His his pitching's been kind of a hit or miss proposition. Also, Otani pitches tonight in the second game of that series against the Angels. And uh, he was really good in his last start. He didn't win it because the he, they scored no runs for him uh, when they played the Dodgers last uh, you know last Wednesday night. He only allowed one run on five hits in seven innings and struck out twelve. But they didn't get any runs for him, and he didn't get any runs from him him either. Tonight it'll be Michael Kopak, who's three and six, uh, going for the White Sox against Otani, and uh, he has been okay at times, but he hasn't pitched past the fifth inning in any of his last three starts because he throws way too many pitches to throw deep into games. Uh, Real quick, also the Dodgers, they're going to get Julio Urias back this week. He threw another uh, rehab stint or another rehab uh, start last night, but they had to place Chris Taylor on the injured list, but more good news for the Dodgers. Max Muncy expected to return tonight from the injured list. All right, that's it for the Sports Zone for today. We'll be back Wednesday for three hours of local programming, starting with the Sports Zone from 9 to 10, followed by the Extra Point hosted by Kayla from 10 to noon. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. Thanks for listening.